Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today. So glad you joined us. I know some of you are cooped up in houses and and, uh, just feeling like you're trying to protect yourselves against the coronavirus that we are hearing about nonstop. And so I brought back a guest of ours, Paul Isaacs, and he is talking with us about do we have that need to worry? And I know some of you are wringing your hands even as you're listening right now. So we want to put that into a whole different look, the need to trust. Paul, welcome back. It's great to be back. <laughs> you are one of the easiest people I know to talk to, and I'm so glad you're here again. You just It's just like having a conversation with all of us around the table and enjoying what you're sharing. You have a background of being a pastor, is that correct? I do. I, I was pastor for a few years and also a campus pastor uh, with the Navigators for 17 years. So I've been church and outside of church, and I actually serve as almost like a pastor for Save the Storks as well. That's great. And every organization that's a Christian organization and those that are not need someone to be that role for the people that are being served there and who are serving others. So, yeah, that's great. Well, I want to talk about the coronavirus outbreak that we've had, and we're well into it. And the nation is staggered as we've dealt with this from very difficult times in New York to California, as well as the Midwest and the central states all struggling with their own unique situation at this point. And I want to talk about life and the fear of losing life and how we hold on to this world. And I think you've got some thoughts on that. So I'm going to just open it up and let you talk a little bit about to reassure us. Would you do that, Paul? I would do it. I'd love that. And there's so much to say about this. As a matter of fact, God has so much to say about fear. From what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure the listeners would feel free to correct us, but the most common command in the Word of God is fear not. And so God must have known that part of the brokenness of man that happened at the fall was perhaps a tendency or a natural inclination to fear. And yet God always shows up, and when he shows up, he always says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. I love it when he says that in Luke 2. <laughs> Here's these wonderful shepherds. They're sitting out there at night with their sheep. It's so dark, and they're there, and all of a sudden, the most crazy event happens. It says, <laughs> the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and very few people get to experience that and live. And so all of a sudden, there's this just massive blinding light. The sheep are gone. They're scattered. These guys have hit the deck. And, <laughs> and the angel of the Lord says, fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. And I think that common thread of saying fear not, as I was, we were talking, I was reminded again of Philippians 4 that says, do not fear anything or don't be anxious. Don't have anxiety. You know, if we were using the words that our culture uses today says, don't have a panic attack about anything. Or, or, and I, I'm not saying uh-huh. that there's some sort of biological component to, uh, because there are sometimes that people deal with naturally about something's going on and they have an anxiety attack where their heart begins to race. Uh-huh. But 
when it comes to most of us, we can just allow our minds to go to fear. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible says, don't be anxious about these things, but in everything, and here's the key, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I'm pre- I feel like I'm right now on a soapbox. I'm preaching. <laughs> I mean, I want to challenge this, and I, I've done this on our, my social media. Are we praying bold prayers? Are we praying right now, God, if you're willing, would you make this thing end today, and may your name be glorified? May it be, just confound people. Are we willing to pray those prayers? I did this one time just in the last two or three days, and someone corrected me. They thought maybe I was uh, of a different theological or a systematic theological persuasion. They said, I wonder what the sovereignty of God has to say about that kind of prayer. I said, well, I can tell you right now, I believe 100% in the sovereignty of God. And I just look at the prayers of Moses, Abraham. Abraham, when he was saying, Lord, would you spare this town if there was 50 people? Mm-hmm. You know, would you spare it if there's 10? You, and Negotiating God, with just, God. Yeah, he's negotiating. I don't understand that. It's like I have a hard time with that. Yeah. But I think you think of Moses, because uh, I was reading in my daily time with God the other day, how Moses uh, pleaded with God on behalf of the people because he was getting ready to wipe them. He goes, stand away from him. I'm getting ready to wipe out all the children of Israel. And he says, please, God, if we do this, can you not? And so my thing is, is why don't I just pray? Mm-hmm. Let's pray for the end of this thing. And then let's give thanks for all that he's done for us because he's done so much for us. I have a home that I can shelter in place in. I have a place, I have a country that actually right now is showing a lot of sanctity for life. It's amazing that the lengths that we're willing to go to to protect those among us that are vulnerable. Yes. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's a great point. Where yeah. we find our culture right now saying, "Oh, we got it. Nobody go into the homes of your grandparents because we don't want them to perish." Boy, I love what you talked about there in terms of God allowing us to understand how he wants to take care of us. He has us covered. And so often, I I even picture, honestly, someone listening today who might be a a shut-in, someone who doesn't have any family, someone who lives apart from, you know, kids that can come and help. And you can be pensive. You can begin to wring your hands, and you can begin to say who's going to. So our call, to some degree, is... Don't just take care of yourself. You know, think mm-hmm. about those people that you know. How can you carry groceries in for them? So neat mm-hmm. stories are coming out of that. People who are walking into a grocery store and a couple sitting there in a car and says, here's a list. Would you be willing if we give you the money to go get it for us? And someone does that and brings it back with their change. That is literally keeping those people from having to go into a store and expose themselves. It's the kind of kindness we can offer to our neighbors. It's the face of God in that. Absolutely. And I, I was listening to a sermon. It's one of my spiritual disciplines. The other day as I was walking, I heard a preacher ask this question. He says, is what you're carrying, because he's talking about the pandemic, and he's talking about carriers of the pandemic, you know, but he says, is what you're carrying worth catching in the sense of, are you a carrier of hope? Are you a carrier of doom and gloom? Are you a carrier of insecurity and fear and complaining? Or are you a carrier of edification and words of encouragement, which basically in the Bible means filling with courage? Are you filling people with courage? And I think what you've said is this, the church has an opportunity right now 
to be that, to do those little things like you just mentioned with just the groceries. My wife did that the other day. I was just so thankful. And I, because I'm immunosuppressed, but I still trust God that he's going to take care of me. We can do these things, you know, and I can do my part to fill people with courage. There's an opportunity for the church here to, to be a shining light and a beacon of hope and not of doom and gloom or or kind of like when I read that book, Pilgrim's Progress, as a kid, he talks about the slough of despond. How many of us are, are so, it's almost like we're averse to good news. We want bad news, and I want us to be full of hope. You know, that's, again, I want to point that out so our listeners really grasp that. We have been trained to be attracted to the negative. We've been trained to look for the car accident. I remember someone saying, how many of you saw the newspaper that had the, the car accident on the front page and everybody in the group raised their hand? How many, how many people got home safely that day? We don't know. And we don't celebrate it. We just mm. try to find sometimes the scariest thing to say, okay, it's bad, it's negative. And that's, our, I believe, our sin nature, that we tend to do that. We tend to look for sin and, and maybe feel we're not as bad as others if we don't do that. But the right. bottom line is allowing God to be at the center of our fear and our joy and, and listening to him in his word tell us that we have nothing to fear. We are his. We're his children. I want to talk more about this subject on the other side, and I'm not ready to go yet on a break, but I don't want to get you started because I know that you'll take off with the next the next portion. But, you know, there's you quoted some great scripture there. Would you give us those references again? Absolutely. Philippians 4 is the one that I started off with about the idea of giving God everything and not letting anxiety rule us. And then God promises a formula. He says, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind. And you can say, well, wait, I, I feel fearful. Well, just keep going back. Keep going to the, this prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, five minutes later, Paul, I, I go back to fear and anxiety. Keep praying, go back to prayer, thanksgiving. God doesn't always live up to our expectations, but he always lives up to his word. Mm-hmm. And if we don't go to his word, we'll miss it. So yeah. things like that, that, that verse, Philippians 4, or Matthew, where it talks about not uh, being fearful, uh, about, you know, like, what, how can you add days to your life or an inch to your height, you know, or a number of hairs you're at? God has all that taken care of. But if we have in our own sense, without God's word, we have God living up to our expectations, and he doesn't. But he always lives up to his word, so we've got to go to the word and find out what it says. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. That's a great place to break. We're just going to take a very short break and come right back. Thanks for joining us for this Choose Life Radio interview. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. 
And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So visit today, ChooseLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. This is Jill Taylor. I'm your host today, and we have a visitor named Paul Isaacs, and he has been sharing wonderful truth and encouragement in this time of sometimes fear and anxiety that we have over coronavirus or or anything else that that we think we can't control. Indeed, we can't. Right, Paul? I uh, I wanted to share something, if I could, about something else that God brought up to me about Zacharias. Is that okay? Absolutely. Share it. Right before the break, I mentioned that God doesn't live up to our expectations, but he always lives up to his word. And we talked a little bit about how the churches can have this amazing opportunity, if we do it right, with being the church. And I, as I was confronted with this idea about Zacharias the other day, I, I took a note about it, because, and I want to share it with you. Zacharias went in to the it's another one of those God encounters with the angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He goes into the temple, and he goes into the Holy of Holies. It was his time. And all of a sudden, he sees this angel just sitting there, the angel of the Lord. And obviously, the angel of the Lord had to say, I believe, do not be afraid, because there again, we get it. Do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. But he says something to Zacharias about having a son, and he doesn't really believe it. He can't accept it because they're older. And so because of his unbelief, you could see the angel of the Lord says he lost his voice. I thought it was so interesting that he lost his voice because of unbelief. And I think many Christians have an opportunity to go one of two ways. They can either have a voice now because of their belief and the hope that they're filling with people with, or they can lose that voice at the end of this because they live just like the culture They lived in fear. I think we have a tremendous opportunity to gain a voice in our culture by being spreaders and carriers of hope. Let's not lose that. And that's a great connection, the idea that we are spreading the virus if we're not careful, but really we should be spreading the word and the love of God Mm -hmm. and and the protection that he has over us. That's a great reminder of that story. And it, of course, has to do with life because they did indeed have that child. I think God wants us to be very active right now, not going and in, in risking our lives in terms of breathing in things that we shouldn't breathe in or breathe out, but in sharing the word, in sharing mm-hmm. the gospel, in sharing opportunities with people who don't hear, they don't go to church. More than ever, we have more churches doing their sermons online than ever before in time. And so here we are able to listen to something just like you were talking about on your walk, listening to some sermons, and then sending those on, putting them out there on your Facebook. Oh, I heard this really comforting thing. I heard someone talk today, and here's what they said. And just get the word out. It's our best, most incredible opportunity to do that. Mm, It is. You know, I was walking on Sunday morning, and I realized that my neighbor— my dear neighbor, uh, his family had, had taken a trip to California and he had to stay back here because his work won't allow him to go past a certain amount of miles. And I, 
I started, and the Lord said, you need to invite him to your house when you guys are going to do church at 1045 this morning and for Mexican food right after him. <laughs> so I, I quickly, I texted him and I said, I said, Ted, I'd love to have you over. We're going to do church at my house and we're going to do food afterwards. You can either come for church and no food, you can come for food and no church, or you can come to both. I, and I didn't want to put pressure on him, but at the same time, I wanted him to feel like he could come. Now, I would, I don't invite him to church because he, he is of a different tradition, uh-huh. but I felt like in this time I could invite him. So I took the opportunity. He said, yes to both. I'll be there. <laughs> and we had the sweetest time on Sunday morning with me and another family and him. And it was, I, I, I wanted to take that opportunity and share that with you. We do have a tremendous opportunity to be the church right now. So on the walks that we're taking in this time when we're getting out and and maybe even walking in a park and staying away from other people, we have a chance to worship through looking at nature. We have a chance to be praying over our families and praying over the people that we Mm -hmm. pass that we don't even know. Lots of great opportunities. Do you think that, I've heard this from several other friends who are believers, do you think God's just smiling at how his body of Christ here in this world is waking up and saying it's our time. We're supposed to be sharing. We're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to be exhibiting the characteristics of Christ. I do. I I think uh, it brings me to another thing that I was sharing with you earlier offline, and, and that is there are some things that we should fear and I think that the church is doing the right kind of fear now in some pockets, in a lot of pockets, and that is we should fear God. We should fear a lack of repentance. And I also think that we should fear being the same person or the same people of God that we were on the front end, on the back end. And by that, I mean the tragedy is not that this is happening. The tragedy would be that we would not change because of it. And I think this is a tremendous time where we're seeing the church step up and do things and we can be a light, and we can gain that voice. We don't have to lose our voice like Zacchaeus did in unbelief. We can move forward. If I could just share uh, one thing to kind of continue to fill us with with hope and courage, could I share an illustration sure. that God used to speak to my life? Absolutely. O- over Christmas time, I I was struggling in my heart with some things, and I was really just lacking sleep and 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 and, and wrestling not necessarily with God, but asking and seeking God for an answer and. So one time when I was listening to a particular sermon from a particular guy in the South, I listened to Southern preachers. And, and so I, that particular day, I listened to the sermon. He gave a tremendous illustration, a true story about something that happened back in, the, in 1987. And I listened to it, and it was, boy, that was a great sermon. And then three days later, I listened to another guy from a different state, different pastor, different church, give the same illustration, the same exact illustration. I thought, that's coincidental. I've they must be friends, and maybe they talked about that, and maybe they shared it near the same time. That's interesting. Well, then I, 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 was, I was still struggling with God about that same issue, and I so about three days after that, all within the span of a week, a different guy from a different state <laughs> and a different sermon shared the exact same story. And I said, God, you've got my attention now. What is it that you're trying to teach me? And I, I wonder if he was preparing me for this coronavirus. And so the story is of this guy named Hank Dempsey back in 1987. You can Google it and find this story. He's a pilot, and he's with his co-pilot. They're up, just the two of them in this plane. They're off the coast of Maine, and they're flying. Hank hears the sound in the back. It's this rattle, and he doesn't know what it is, so he gives the controls to 
his co-pilot, and he steps back, and he looks in, and he realizes that the latch to the door hadn't been shut properly, and that the, the door was making this clanging sound. And so he went to try to shut the door firmly, and as he did, it hit turbulence, and he fell out of the plane right off the coast of Maine. And the co-pilot was looked back, and he saw he couldn't find the, his pilot, and he yelled down, Mayday, Mayday, you know, this is our my coordinates. Send a search team over the coast right here. And he quickly takes the plane to the nearest landing strip 10 minutes away. And as they're coming down to land the plane, the people from the tower can see that there's a guy hanging on to the ladder of the plane. And he's hanging on for dear life. And as he, they land the plane, they've been radioed. And the guy makes this landing and he pulls himself up. He's only got 12 inches from his face to the pavement. And he pulls himself up and they land and they rush out there and they get him. And it took them 15 to 20 minutes to get Hank's hands right off that ladder. The reason that it took that long is he had such a firm grip because he was hanging on for dear life. And each pastor said, sometimes you just got to hang on. Christians everywhere, brothers and sisters in Christ, just hang on. We're going to get through this. We're going to make it. Learn what God has to teach you. Don't miss that. Be the church and hang on in the midst of all the bad news. Look for the good news. Go to God's word. Let him be the loudest voice in our ear and not the media, not our culture, but let God, the voice of truth, be the voice that we listen to the most and hang on. Hang on, yeah. Wow, that is a great story. That's really, that had to be amazing when you heard it three times. That's great. In one week. In one week. And so it told you to hang on, to be faithful, hang on. Thanks for sharing that. And and those who are listening with us today, I know that blessed your heart. I know it did. You know, I want to just point out another scripture that, that we didn't mention yet today. Out of Matthew 6, 25 through 34, it's Christ speaking. And, and he just says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about mm-hmm. what you drink, what you eat. Don't worry about your body, what you'll where. And then he goes to point out, consider the birds. They don't stress. They don't worry where they're going to get their food. And they're adorned in these beautiful colors. Now, I'm one of these people who, since I'm at home, I'm watching the bird feeder all the time. I'm loving those birds. When they fly in, I see cardinals. I see red-winged blackbirds. I see blue jays. And we've got two of the most adorable woodpeckers that my husband hates because he's they can slowly <laughs> but surely take out our panels of wood on the outside of the house. But, you know, they're just so beautiful, and it's, a, it's an application. God takes care of them. God mm-hmm. created them. We have to be really firm on that. God's going mm-hmm. to take care of us. Yes. And the second part of that, if you'll bear with me, is this world is not our home. I'm just a passing through. That's an old song. Mm-hmm. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? And if you don't know today, as you're listening, that heaven is going to be your home, then please bow, confess, and give your life to the Lord. Because that's what we're talking about. The entire conversation today with Paul Isaacs is about this issue. And every chance you have that you've heard the words from Scripture, that you've heard stories, I want you to apply that to your own life. What are you hanging on to? 
What are you striving to hold on to that God wants you to learn right now? Let it go and embrace me. Yeah, that's so good. Those are such great words. Paul, would you do us a huge favor and pray for our country, pray for the people who are listening, pray that we will come out of this stronger as believers. Would you pray for us? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for all that you have done for us. We're grateful for the cross. We're grateful for an empty tomb. We're grateful for your provision every day in our life. We're grateful though we may be in a temporary struggle, Lord. I, that, that is what really we're in because of all of our, our struggle is, is temporary because we, we have a home to look forward to in heaven that, that you want to teach us in that struggle, Lord. We pray for people everywhere that they would be looking to us as we point people to you. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, if the Son of Man is lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. God, we pray that we would not miss this opportunity to point people to Jesus. Help us to do it in a winsome way, full of grace and truth, just like you were. Lord, we pray for our leaders that you would give them wisdom. Give them wisdom beyond their, their expertise and their power, Lord. We pray for strength for them. And Lord, we pray for our pastors. Uh, and Lord, we, we, we just lift up our country to you today and the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And listeners, if you have made a decision to receive Christ today, would you do me a huge favor and go to chooseliferadio.com and let me know on that website that what you heard today blessed your heart. We are so grateful that you're with us. Thank you, and we'll see you next week on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.